Welcome to the Van Man Podcast. My name is Sam and I am the Van Man. I believe in living a full life and I invite people into my van to show me how they live their full, the full lives through their side gigs, their hobbies, their passions, just because I don't think I'm always doing it right. And I think there's something I can learn from the way that other people do their thing, even if it's a little bit different from how I'm doing mine. In this episode of the Van Man Podcast, my guest is John Hammond, who is an elite Ironman athlete. He just finished competing in the Kona Ironman, which is the World Championship Ironman for 2022. And in this episode, we talk about, well, how he got to Kona, first of all, and what his journey has been like through injuries and training. Uh, We talk a lot about what his why is and his advice for new athletes, new runners, or people just looking to get into shape and live a healthy lifestyle. John is absolutely incredible, and I'm sorry if in this episode I sound like an absolute dork because one of my bucket list items is to run an Ironman. So this was literally meeting one of my heroes, um, just someone who is doing the thing that I want to do at an extremely elite level, um, and it was incredible to meet him. It was incredible to have this conversation, and I hope you can hear the excitement in my voice through the entire episode. Thank you, John. Thank you so much for being my guest, and everyone, I hope you enjoy. Let's dive right in. Cool. Dude, how was Kona? It was, uh, man, it's hard to put in words. It was magical. It was brutal. It was beautiful. It was so hard, so tough. Oh, it was yeah. All, I mean, I just can't explain it, but it was it was so exciting. It's something I've wanted my whole life. So, Is it the hardest course or just one of the hardest courses? It's not the hardest, but it's it's up there just yeah. because of the heat and humidity. The actual like course is not that difficult, to be honest. Okay. Um, the bike, there's one kind of decent climb. The run is, there's, you know, one little up Polani Drive is a little steep, but beyond that, it's like pretty mellow. It's just brutally hot there's just no shade on the whole thing yeah and it's so humid and i feel like the majority of the world is not in those conditions so you get there right and you just feel like you're in a sauna and it's it's brutal it's, yeah it's and is the i've heard that the bike ride is basically like all into the wind like it's just windy the whole way through yeah yeah so it's it's a cool bike course it's a lame bike course, but it's also a cool bike course. And let me explain. So it's lame because you literally go up Queen K. That's what the right. major, major highway. Go to a little town called Javi, turn around and come back. So it's just boring as heck, but it's right. awesome because you're like in the lava fields and then you kind of climb up out of into another climate zone. It kind of cools off in Javi and then you turn around and go back the same way. So you're just in these like scorched earth, no shade, um, and the winds are insane there. It just like it's blowing the whole time. Luckily, this year wasn't as insane as other years. Some years it's like. 50 mile per hour crosswinds or headwinds and guys are getting blown off their bikes luckily it wasn't that bad this year but like coming back i felt it and i was i was hurting by the end of the bike oh yeah and uh, if i remember right from your your brief that you wrote you didn't have your sunglasses no and for some reason that like made me so crazy so what happened and i got kicked in the face in the swim so i was like kind of out of it and delirious when i got to the transition to go to my bike and i was getting my stuff on the volunteer was like hey you good to go and i just thought he was like are you okay and i was like yeah Yeah. man i'm good and so he took my bag and it still had some of my stuff in it and my sunglasses and that just like sent me over the edge and i was so like flustered and like i was just like no 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 my sunglasses and i was like digging through this huge bag of other people's transition bags trying to find it couldn't find it so i got on the bike and the first thing i did is i saw my dad and i yelled i couldn't 
couldn't find, I can't find my sunglasses. And I was yelling at like everyone, I can't find my sunglasses. And it's a little thing, but like uh, biking her 12 miles in brutal sun and wind, it gets right. to you a little bit, but it oh, ended yeah. up being okay. Yeah. I mean, you finished. Yeah. That's yeah. the most important part. Totally. Um, we should back up a little bit. What yeah. is Kona? Yeah. So Kona is where they host the Ironman World Championships. Um, they've done it every year since I think the second year that an Ironman was ever run. Right. The first Ironman ever was actually on Oahu and they did it there, but they moved it to Kona just because Oahu is such a small island and Kona right. is on the big island, Hawaii. So since that time, every year they've had the world championships for Ironman and it's a qualification only race. So you have to qualify to even go there. And so it's, you know, 2,500 of the best athletes in the world and it's uh it's and you're a, one of them uh, yeah i guess that's I so am. cool <laughs> i know i mean it's weird i i don't think i'm like an athlete like or a superhuman athlete or anything i just like to run i love to swim and i love to bike so that's kind of it <laughs> that's but, crazy to hear you say that it, but, you are much faster at all three of those than well, the vast majority of people obviously yeah. you're in the top one percent of the one percent that's crazy yeah. what what are the qualifying times for your age or your group yeah so how kona works is they don't do times because they have races all over the world europe australia south america mm-hmm. i mean they even have them in like uh africa now it's amazing like the the brand and sport is growing like crazy and all over north america and all these courses are different in terms of difficulty some you're like climbing in through huge mountain passes others you're swimming down a river so it just kind of depends which course so how it works is each race is given just like a handful of slots and how it works is each person is in an age group and it's usually like every five years. So right now I'm in the 30 to 34 male age group and they give a certain amount of slots per race. And depending on how big your age group is, that's how many slots that age group gets. So I qualified back in 2021 at Ironman Coeur d'Alene. I finished, I think, eighth in my age groups eighth or ninth or tenth i don't know one of those right in there and luckily there was enough uh, spots that i was able to qualify there and then i used that and i raced at the world championships in saint george this year and that's confusing i'll get to that yeah i want to know about that because yeah. i heard it that's where his next year or something like that yeah so i'll, I'll walk you through okay, that cool. and then i qualified at that race that was in may to Kona, which I just did, you know, a couple weeks right. ago for this year. So what had happened was it's always been in Kona, the world champs. Um, but COVID happened and Hawaii was super strict on their all their guidelines. Right. So um from 2019 or 2020, 2021, uh, they didn't have a race there. So all these people were still qualifying because there was races other places like me. And we had qualified, but they canceled our Kona, you know, our world champs. Right. So I think... So they were just building up Yeah, there was just all these qualifiers for like three years. And they're like, dude, we can't race them all on one day. So what they did is they decided to do a, a 2021 world championships in May of 2022. And for the first time ever, they moved it out of Kona to St. George. Whoa. randomly okay and so i got to go race that and it was awesome that course is brutal i mean we had like seven thousand feet of elevation gain on the bike oh it's just like i mean you the last at a mile 100 you bike up snow canyon and that's just 
like it's a brutal climb and you're just like you're at mile 100 you're throwing this at me you know anyways yeah. so that was a brutal course to be honest i think it was way harder than kona in terms of the the course right um but anyways so that's yeah first year ever they had held it there and then they moved it back to kona just barely so okay it's back to kona so did your saint george one qualify you for kona is yeah that it worked okay yeah. Yeah. did does Kona qualify you for anything else, or is it just going to reset for next year? I think I'm hazy on the details, um, but I believe if you like finish on the podium of your age group in Kona, then you get to come back. Like they invite you, and you get your slot yeah, there. You basically get yeah. You can do whatever you want. Yeah, you're like yeah. that good. They're like yeah, come on back, sort of thing. Crazy. So I assume you've done more Ironmans than just the three, or did you qualify in your first one? So no, I've done four total. So okay. the first one I ever did was in 2019. Um, and that was Ironman Wisconsin. And the reason I picked that is my sister lived like right outside of Madison. And I mean, I had no idea what I was doing. I just kind of like was, I found a training plan online and I just kind of followed it. Asked like the one guy I knew about how to do triathlons. And he kind of gave me some basic advice. And I just kind of like trained indoors and like did a few rides outside. And man, it was so intimidating and so scary. But oh my goodness. Yeah. It ended up being a really fun day. The weather turned out to be really like cool and it was just everything I needed. And I mean, crazy experiences there in that race and like learning experiences, but yeah, it was just fun and I did decent. So I was like, yeah, I'll, I guess I'll try one more. And then COVID hit and everything was canceled. So we just kind of like hung out for a year and um, and then in 2021, I was able to do Coeur d'Alene and that's where I qualified. Okay. What was your, um, what was your first time? You said you did decent. What's, yeah. what's decent in your mind? I went 1030 in the, the, my first ever. And oh, so, smokes. yeah, yeah, it was, it was cool. I, I mean, it was weird. I, I had no idea. I was like, am I, is this going to take me 17 hours or am I going to do it in like nine hours? I oh, had, yeah. I just had no idea. 1030 is fast. Yeah. Right? Isn't that like still? Yeah, like, it was close. Where do you draw the line from like amateur to, you know, semi-professional, you know, mm. where you're qualifying for bigger races? Yeah. So I would say anyone who's in like the nine hours range, they have great shots to qualify for Kona. Um, in some of the tougher races, you can be right around the 10 hour range. Um, and still qualify, and that's what I did. I, I just, I've just done harder courses, to be honest, and it's not because I've, like, seeked them out. It's just they're the ones closest to me here in yeah. Utah. Um, but um, so, like, the, the elite guys are right around, like, nine hours. Pros are getting down even into the eight hours range. Like, yeah. top guy this year at Kona, he went – 747 or something yeah, i was like gonna say insane. didn't he break the course record yeah, or something yeah oh. just insane yeah i started listening to the episode on ritual of oh, course that's cool, of course you know, yeah, yeah. it was like i think they recorded it like two days after the race or yeah something. yeah gustav eden man him yeah. uh christian bloomfeld they're they're amazing just, freaking norwegians yeah holy yeah. smokes yeah i gotta meet them in kona it that's was awesome. so cool that's yeah. awesome yeah they're really nice <laughs> that's so cool yeah. um so what is it like? I mean, it's only been like a week and a half, right? Mm -hmm. You just you just barely finished this. Yeah. How are you recovering? What does recovery look like for you? Yeah. Because I saw you running last week, or like <laughs> Monday, I think I saw you running with Brayden. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's been, I mean, it's weird for some reason, and well, I, I know the reason, but I've done just standalone marathons, like go. I've run Boston, I've run New York, I've run some around right. here in Utah, and I get beat up like crazy after those. And it's just because I'm like going all out as hard as I can go for, you know, two, two and a half, 240 hours, 250, whatever, three hours. And in Ironmans, 
um, especially Kona, I overheated on the bike. So I ran out of water on like mile 80. Their aid stations were just really terrible this year. They had a like a big lack of volunteers. So I ran out of water and I was just kind of like on just grind it out to the next transition yeah. to get to the run. And so like, I mean, I was having headaches. I was puking on the bike. It was brutal. So my in my mind, I was like, I'll get the transition. I'll just like chill there. I'll rehydrate. And once I feel good, I'll just walk the marathon if I have to. Yeah. So that was my mindset. But I actually recovered pretty quickly. I was like, just so blessed and so grateful I did. And then so I just started running. But it was so hot, man. It was just so, so hot and humid. And uh, everyone had told me, like, be patient, just go slower, walk the aid stations. And so I just kind of did that. And I just, I turned the the race instead of like going for my time that I'd really worked hard for right. to just like, hey, let's just finish. Let's not end up in the hospital. And yeah. let's just like enjoy this. Like, I'm in Kona. Like, this is a reward. Like, I'm not going to win it, you know? So let's just enjoy this race. Right. And I tried to just like soak in every moment. Like, people were grilling, barbecue, and I'd give them high fives. People would dance, and I would dance with them, you know, little kids, you know, give them fives and stuff. So I just tried to like soak it in. And because of that, I ran a lot slower. Like, it was the slowest marathon of my life. But I, because of that, I don't think like I just taxed my body that hard. So, I was able to recover like honestly usually i can't even go downstairs next day i was walking up and downstairs my wife was like dude you're more like in shape than i am and i was just watching you she's like i'm more sore than you it was yeah. funny so but what was your average mile time on the run um so i went 340 so i'm guessing that's like uh eight eight ten or something like that's that what I, thought. I thought it was like 830 is what yeah, i thought i saw yeah somewhere in there that's insane yeah yeah well <laughs> i've been training yeah, for a lot faster going, going but, yeah. uh you went a lot slower you were dancing <laughs> you're you're at the your your marathon time at the end of the iron man is faster than my yeah. half marathon time that i'm hoping for in two days oh, three man. days well yeah. you're gonna get it's it, and it oh it's yeah just it, a process. It, oh yeah it's totally a process i'm i'm just hyped this is actually um i mean you uh, you've talked to Braden a little bit about it. i'm excited for him to run it with me yeah. a little bit and that'll yeah. be fun but this is the first time that i've actually like legitimately trained oh, for awesome. any race like i've done triathlons i've done a half marathon before but it was kind of like ah, i can do it i'll just yeah. i'll just get up and do it yeah and so n never have i like focused on actually training and running every day and sticking to the plan and and making sure that i'm actually prepared to run so yeah. I'm, I'm stoked this is like yeah, this is the first time i've ever done a taper i was yeah. like i know what it is never <laughs> done it before because i've never needed to you know yeah. just they just kind of get up and do it. And now, I don't know, I'm pretty stoked. It'll be pretty fun to, to go from here. Yeah. And at the end of the day, my goal is I would love to do an elite level Ironman. That's okay. that's the dream. And actually, I the way I phrase it um, when I say it to friends and I tell them about my goal, for because I want to do this at some point in my 30s, mm -hmm. and I phrase it that I want to be capable of doing a high-level Ironman. Because I don't want I don't want to be... I don't want to compete and do it and then just be like, oh, that's the goal. I, yeah. I did it. It's done. I want to be the kind of person like you. I want to be the kind of person oh. who does an Ironman, you know? Yeah. that's. I just think that's uh, there's power in just having that kind of like process and, and habit. And it's obviously really healthy. I mean, yeah. it's just a lot of fun. It is. So, it is. Um, I mean, we're going to jump around a little bit, but what would be, because you're a coach as well, mm -hmm. what would be your advice for people who, like me, people who want to do an Ironman at one point, but they're kind of at the like half marathon or marathon range, or maybe are in, in moderate shape. Mm. Um, so I coach more just for fun. Like it's not something I like am full time or anything like that. Uh, one day I would love to get into it. I always say like, I'm not 
the fastest guy in the room, but I am a nerd when it comes to like running and triathlon. Like I read research papers. I love it. I just like love reading about processes, training, what works, what doesn't, diets, all that stuff. And so for someone who's just like, you know, they're in shape and they maybe have done a race or two and, but they want to like take it to that next level. Um, I think it starts with just like figuring out first what your why is like, why do you want to do that? And like that, once you understand what your why is, um, then you can kind of build a plan around that. Um, and I think what really helps people is getting a good coach, whether you, you know, or a good training plan. So like finding people in your community, like reaching out to friends, family or whatever. But then even there's a lot of like online coaches now, like there's so many good resources online to find coaches and, uh, working with someone who just knows more about the sport will help you so much because I mean, I learned how to run and triathlon. I'd made every mistake in the book. I didn't have a coach doing any of this stuff. Um, now I have, uh, you know, someone that helps me and trains me and it's been such a lifesaver, but, um, my first Ironman, my first triathlon like I had no idea what I was doing my first marathon I just was like just winging it and I made every mistake in the book like you you can't imagine so finding people in your like you can put in your corner that can help you who have more experience is going to be the first thing and then building a good training plan and like similar to what you were talking about with your race coming up like consistency is the key after that like having a plan sticking to it and focusing on the process not the results and just being consistent is going to just lead to the best results. Um, I honestly think like if people would just train 100% consistency and 60% max effort versus the all alternative, you know, 60% of the time, but 100% max effort, you're going to always win if you're the 60%. Right. You know, like just being consistent is so much more important than like going out and having the hero workout, you know. Yeah. And actually, uh, on that note, just... I mean, there's a couple of things I want to talk about there because you give a great answer. Um, but one of the things, I mean, if we step back to people who aren't running at all mm-hmm. and they, you know, they maybe don't have any athleticism, they would love to do a 5K. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of looking for an affirmation on this. I'm hoping that this is correct. I always tell my friends when they want to get into running, I say, always do 60% effort. Like, the problem isn't that people don't like running. It's that they just run too fast. Yeah. And so then it just ends up being really painful, and they can't ramp up because every run, they're just doing a max effort. Mm -hmm. Would you agree with that, or would you say that there is, like, early on, they should be kind of pushing it to the the limits? Uh, No. Everyone, even myself included, we run our easy runs too hard and our hard runs too easy. And what I mean by that is you need to have like um, 80% of your time running needs to be easy, easy mileage. So easy that you could have a conversation with a friend just like you and I are having. Um, And so for someone who's first starting out, that could be 14, 15 minute mile. That could even mean I only run for a minute and then I walk for four minutes and then I do that again, run for a minute, walk for four minutes and then you're done. 10 minutes. You're only running for two minutes of that. So it just starts out so, so, so easy. And it's just to help your body get into that rhythm of movement and doing so safely. Uh, A big problem, and this happened to me, is injuries will creep up. They come in and they disrupt that consistency that I was talking about. And if you disrupt the consistency, the whole thing will fade away. So, yeah, it's all about just like going so easy and not like making it feel like you need to go out and be Usain Bolt or Rocky Balboa, you know, sweating yourself to death. I agree. It, it sucks if you get injured because then you just can't run. Like I actually, I got injured. I did a hike a couple weeks, a couple months ago now 
that stopped me from running for two weeks in the middle of my training. And I was thinking, I was hoping to get like under two hours and then I injured myself and I was like, man, I don't, I'm, I'm going to be happy if I even finish this half marathon that I'm doing in three days. And then I started training a little bit more and started getting my mileage up again and thought, okay, maybe I can get under 215. And it really is the consistency of the fact that I did just jump right back into it as soon as I could. And I took it slow and I've done really easy runs where now I'm like, okay, I think I might be able to still do two hours. Yeah. And the consistency, I mean, we've, I've talked about consistency on a couple other episodes of the podcast just with all other hobbies and that's yeah. just how you have to do it like yeah. you're not going to be uh you know an elite athlete or an ironman athlete in six months it's just not possible like you'll you'll kill yourself doing it and it's uh the benefits are so much better if you allow yourself that massive amount of time to just do it every single day at 60 percent effort yeah yeah like um so iliad kipchoge is the world's fastest man when it comes to the marathon he's the right. only guy he broke two hours you know in his special race he just broke his record again yeah didn't he just yeah in berlin it? yeah he yeah. set his new world record there um and he's famous for saying like he never goes above i think he says like 80 percent effort in his training he never goes above it he says rarely do i ever do it and he's like most of the time i'm at 80 percent or less and i think that's that's like sage wisdom that anyone should take away is like, dude, don't go out and break the bank in a workout because you're going to get yourself hurt. And who cares if you can do a workout really hard? That doesn't matter. It's race day that matters, right? So right. like I would rather have someone show up totally fresh, totally healthy, ready to give it their all on the race. And then in training, just keep it 80% or lower. Yeah. That's awesome. At the beginning of um, your answer, when I asked you um, what your advice would be, you said, um, you know, you would advise people to figure out their why first and then develop a plan around that. You talked a little bit about your why in your, uh, your brief, uh, your run report, I guess your yeah. race report. Yeah. Yeah. What, tell me a little bit about that. What is your why and how do you kind of develop a plan around that? Yeah. So my why has changed. It changes. It's changed my whole life. I mean, I started running honestly when I was 21. Um, and then, uh, back then it was just kind of like I was running to support my sister I, she was doing a marathon i didn't know what i was doing i was just kind of like running with her I, I the only examples of running i'd ever seen was rocky so right. in july in utah i would run with her and i would be in a hoodie and basketball shorts big pants big shoes and just sweating to death and and then i was like dude I, i'll do a marathon and i just wanted to like push myself that was my why like what what are my limits what can i do yeah yeah and then i got a massive injury in my right ankle very mysterious i had to take from I was 23 all the way till 28, I, I couldn't really run at all. Like it was short, like short little bursts that I could do it. Yeah. I, I mean, it was to the point where like pressing the gas pedal would just kill my foot. And I mean, I saw doctors after doctors. I went to like a natural therapist. I went to PT. I, I, I mean, I did everything under the sun, PRP, stem cell, all, all these things. And anyways Whoa. yeah it was brutal it was really depressing because i had found this joy of running and pushing my limits and i loved it and i was like dude i could maybe like go run at this like i was thinking like maybe i can like become a pro triathlete or maybe i can like qualify for the olympic trials or something right like, i had all these cool dreams and then they were just shattered with this ankle and i couldn't do anything and i was so depressed and i mean during this time i met my wife and we got married and i mean she she can attest to it i was just like so sad just because like i couldn't do these things i'd fallen in love with and like that why of pushing my limits and so eventually uh, you know, through a lot of luck and a lot of uh, amazing individuals who helped me get back to being healthy to even do this. 
um, my why just went to for a while. There was several doctors who said, "Dude, you'll never run again. Pick a new sport or like pick a new hobby, like painting. Like legit." I went to Tosh up in Salt Lake, the like world-renowned sports doctors, and the guy like X-rayed my foot. He did all these things, and he said, "Yeah, you'll never run again. Pick up painting." And I was like, "What?" So that like, oh my goodness, that pissed me off. And Boy, I was, was so wrong. angry. Yeah. So my whole goal, my, that was my why. After this was, I'm gonna prove this uh, guy wrong. Like, I want to show him like I can do marathons, I can do Ironmans, and I'm gonna prove that guy wrong. So that was my why. You know, for my first Ironman is just like proving the haters and doubters wrong. And now, especially with like Kona, I'm married. I have three little boys, um, and my why is like them and it's to like really show them like you know you can have dreams and they can be weird dreams like they don't need to be like the the typical prototypical i'm going to be the mvp super bowl champ or the next president of the united states you can have a weird dream like i want to just run a weird race on a little island in the pacific and it's okay to like be passionate about things like being passionate is cool it's makes life worth the living and like our family and we can do hard things and that was my why to like show my boys like we can do hard things and it's fun to be passionate and have goals and chase after them and that's what life should be about oh amen that's beautiful Thanks, and man. you wrote um you were e3r or yeah e3r yeah. yeah yeah so my wife's name is elise and then i have three boys and their names are Reed, Ren, and Rome. I'll start with R. And so I went ER3 on my my hand right here. And, yeah, I would just look at it every time I was biking or running. And, you know, it's just a good reminder that that's what my why was. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, and I, I love that you incorporated that into the run, that you made that a part of the whole process and a part of your experience. Yeah. Um, yeah. What ended up happening with your foot? Did you end up just, like, training through it? Or yeah, it like, was what happened? It was really weird. So, uh qualified for Boston my in my second marathon that I ever ran and I was I was like so excited I was like oh dude Boston this is it this is the start of everything you know so I was training like crazy for it making dumb mistakes I was running too hard every day and I changed shoes um and I was just like not doing smart things I wasn't recovering I wasn't eating right you know uh and honestly it was just like I was making dumb choices and I don't know. It was really weird. Uh, I still remember, like, I, it was a Saturday, and I just did, like, a 21-mile run and, like, just crushed it. And I was just, like, feeling so great. No problems during the run, nothing after. That night, I was at a friend's house. We were watching a movie. I was sitting in a massage chair that he had bought. And I just remember, like, I was sitting there, and it was massaging, and my right ankle just started hurting like crazy. And I was like, what is going on? And I went to bed that night, woke up, it's totally swollen just out of the blue, nothing like triggered it. And so I was like, what the heck? And it would just hurt to step on. Like it was like plantar fasciitis, but times 10 on the ankle. And I just had no idea what was going on. And, um, so I started going to PT, they couldn't do anything. So then I like went to a orthopedic surgeon. They did PRP where they pulled out your blood, they spin it and shoot it back into the ankle. That didn't do anything. I got orthotics. I got like leg length exams. I got foot exams. I did all these just insane things the whole time I was doing. P- I, it was just one thing after another, and I and no one was helped. Like I was not seeing any results whatsoever, and so um, it was just so sad and depressing. And I mean, I went to like a lady who like 
rubbed my ankle and would like suck out she would say the bad energy so she'd just sit and pull out the bad energy but you really tried everything yeah i was i mean i was trying everything and then it's like years years have gone by by this right. time uh runner's corner the store up in orem they had a free night where there was a doctor named selena Segulich and she's a former like d1 cross-country runner who she was always having injuries and so she was like I'm just going to become a foot doctor and figure out what's wrong with me. So she went back to school, became a doctor, moved to Utah, started a practice. She was trying to get the word out. So she held a free clinic at Runner's Corner. And I just saw this post like, hey, come to Runner's Corner and meet with her. So I went, showed up. She kind of like watched me like walk and, you know, I couldn't run. So she was just like watching me walk barefoot. And then I kind of told her my story. And how it's just like all these doctors have just written me off and I've just been so depressed. And she's like, I'm going to make you my special project. I'm not going to charge you money. I'm just going to try and figure it out because this is really weird and I want to help you. And I mean, bless, bless her soul, man. She's worked with me for, I mean, 2017. I mean, I still go and see her. And that was starting in like 2017. I started seeing her. Whoa. And it's been five years. And now she's like one of my favorite people in the world and she's totally helped me out and she'd always just she never stopped trying things and if something didn't work she was like that didn't work but guess what we're gonna figure this out and she was always positive and yeah if i mean eventually she actually did a stem cell injection into my ankle and uh at the same time we were doing shockwave i was doing like strengthening exercises right and um it just i was able to slowly start running like just a little bit at a time and it slowly just got better and better and you know there's uh peaks and valleys like every once in a while it would get worse and then it would get better you know but progressively it was over time getting better and better and then i was able to just start i don't know naturally getting back into running and i'm just so grateful i met her and uh yeah like i will preach to anyone go see selena if you're having problems because she is the best i've ever worked with Holy smokes, what a journey. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. So d- does that bother you today? Like, are there times where you're like, you wake up and you just can't run that day? Um, not that significant. Um, for about two years, every once in a while, it would be like that. It's still swollen. Like, I just look like I have a fat right ankle. But yeah, you just did an Ironman. <laughs> yeah, but it's always swollen. It's weird. Oh, okay. Um, so it's kind of swollen always, but it's been weird. The last, like, two, three years, it hasn't, like, almost... I felt it maybe once every blue moon, but yeah, it's kind of just gone away and, uh, it's been amazing. I'm just so grateful. And so like every run's just a gift now, you know? Yeah. Holy smokes. Let that sink in for a little bit. (laughs) Jeez. I didn't know that. Yeah. And, and that's the thing is like, that's where I'm like, dude, like, if I can get through all that crap um, and all those experiences and literally so many doctors, people I trusted, like even people I knew I would go and see and they would just write me off. They'd say, no, do something else. And I still like, I still remember the doctor who was just like, pick up painting. You're never running again. Pick up and, painting. and I was just like so angry after that. And it's just like, if I can get through that, I know everyone else can too. Like the, everyone has their own struggles and you can get through it. And it's just like, you just got to be persistent and consistent. Like I just put all that energy I would have into running into trying to fix myself and find people who could help me. And that's where I put my energy. Yeah. And I, um, the only thing that I can write to when I started, one of the things with running for me <clears throat> with Braden is I, I did the interview with him 
um, back in like May and I was like, man, I got to start running again. Cause I mean, he won the 50 miler and yeah. I was like, if he can do a 50 miler, I can do something, but I have a bad knee. And that was my kind of moment of realization where I was like, if I don't fix the knee, no one's going to fix it for me. Like I either do something about it or I complain about it for the rest of my life. And I love that you went through this entire journey and it was like, no one's telling you to do it, but you like, and the lengths that you went to, to do it, you know, luckily I fixed my knee and like a month, you know, I went to yeah. John up on <laughs> up on Canyon Road. Yeah, he stretched it out and massaged it a couple of times, and I got tight quads. Oh boy, you know, <laughs> too bad for me. I stretch out and fine, but you've been going at it for years, and still, even now, you you work on it, and I think that's absolutely incredible. That that's something you've just kind of made a part of your process is just fighting through that yeah. that pain and making sure you're taking care of your body. Yeah, I mean, I have a Google Doc going back to twenty, like, uh, see, it would be two thousand eleven. 2012 and it's just called my ankle injury history and i just document everything that's ever hurt who i went and saw what type of treatments what they said i mean it's list and i have like x-rays on that mris on that like everything that i've ever done just because i got so sick of trying to re-explain this to every new doctor i'd go see and you know after someone would write me off i'd go find someone else and i had to tell them so anyways i just created this document i would just start emailing it hey this is what i've done so far what do you think I could do else? You know, anyways, it was, it's a, it's a funny document. That's now. efficient. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's a good way to do it. Yeah. Did you, have you ever sent it back to the guy who told you to do painting and be like, at the end of it, say I did an Iron Man. Yeah. You know? <laughs> no, I, I think it's like the inner satisfaction is good enough for me. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, I want to go back just a little bit. Also back to that question that I originally asked on, um, you know, what would be your advice? Another thing that you mentioned, maybe just think like, how do you, how do you balance the time? You know, cause Ironman training, just because it is so long, your training is hours, like literally it's part-time or full-time job. And you've got three kids and a wife, like, and a full-time job. How do you do that every day? And I guess how, what is your daily, like, I mean, I guess day-to-day routine look like for Ironman training? Yeah. I mean, big, just gratitude for my wife. I mean, she supports me in my dreams and that's something else like I'm just grateful I, I have her. You know, she's such a huge support to me. And, you know, it takes a lot of communication between her and myself on like balancing our goals and our dreams. And she has goals and dreams. And I try to like really be present for that. And it just takes first, it takes a lot of communication trying to plan it out. Um, but I'm just so grateful for her because she really like adapts her schedule and her life to fit in mine and then we try to do vice versa like if she wants to accomplish something like a few years ago she did her first century my uh ride so a hundred mile ride and anyways we had to like work around like okay how do we train with her like her little kids and all this anyway so first and foremost communication and having just someone who supports you um but then like my daily schedule is the good thing with like ironman training is um it's not always like you're not always doing seven hour days, you know, day in and day out. Um, it's slowly built. So there's like different phases. You're, there's your like, you know, building your base phase and then you're getting into like speed work and, you know, trying to build up that. And then you're getting to like a race, kind of doing like a six week build to a race and where you're really ramping up the hours and the mileage and the speed or whatever. And then you have your taper phase. Um, so um most of the time how i fit it in is i get up super early um just because i have to like pros all of them they're they're so lucky man they sleep in they can do it you know that's their job it's cool and like yeah i would love to have that but obviously that's not in the cards so 
I get up super early. Like when training's really heavy, it's usually around three thirty in the morning. Um, yeah, and then I, I like I'm usually running or biking or swimming by three forty five a.m. You know, three fifty, and then I go until uh, like seven or eight or so, just depending on the day. Some days it's like. You know, there's one day a week where I do a really long bike ride and then a run after. And those days I have to be super flexible. I have to move my work around. You know, I have to let my wife at least know like, okay, hey, this is my big day. I probably won't be done till like 10, you know. So I start at 3.30 and I'm going till 10 a.m. kind of thing. Wow. Yeah. So anyways, lots of communication, but lots of early mornings. Um, And then... Uh, because of that, I just get crazy tired. My wife is really great. We put our kids to bed and then like we do a little, you know, bonding time. We watch a lot of, um, survivor, something like that. You know, we love right. that show. And then it's like lights out eight, eight thirty, and that's how I get it in. And so I'm kind of a boring person socially, <laughs> like, uh, we don't get to hang out with a lot of people when I'm in the midst of Ironman training, just cause it's like, I'm just too tired and I just go to bed super early so that's how i get it in honestly at the moment um but it ebbs and flows like kona's over i don't have any races till next year so right now we're you know having fun i'm relaxing a little bit you know being a little bit more social for once yeah i mean you're on a podcast yeah yeah. thank goodness yeah i mean i i messaged you a month and a half ago and granted you were ramping up for kona and then you were gone and you had to quarantine and all this stuff but yeah i mean i imagine it's just incredibly difficult to do something like this for an hour um when you're when you're training so thank you so much for coming on the podcast no i've been excited this is awesome yeah thank you um i do have i want to see I mean, like I have other questions, but we're at about 37 minutes right now. We can keep going if cool. you want. Cool. Let's do a couple more. So, um, yeah, again, like like I said, we're just kind of jumping around a little bit. But yeah. um, going back to, like, coaching and, um, you know, advice for other people, do you, like, have a specific, like, coaching philosophy or something that you prescribe mm. to that you're kind of uh, using to guide the way that you coach? Mm. Kind a of a broad question, question for yeah. you. To me, it starts with what are the athlete's goals like, right, their why. Yeah, and, like, what are they trying to accomplish? So what's their why, and then what are their, like, tangible goals? Like, Braden, for example, like, uh, I mean, he's just a beast. He's a whole nother level of human, and I'm just, like, amazed at the capabilities he has. And so, like, to me, I, I have, in my mind, I have big goals for him, and I, like, try to hold it back because I want him to, like, realize it but i i just try to inspire him like dude think big because you can and he's doing amazing things so it just kind of depends on the athlete like what they're what they want to accomplish and then i have other you know people i've worked with who it's like i just want to run a 5k you know i've never done this what do i do or i've never even run like what do i do and that's just as uh fun and so everything is totally uh dependent on the athlete what they're wanting to do and their previous experience and like injury history and everything. I try to like really understand that before like telling someone what they should do or what they shouldn't do, you know? Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. You're coaching all of these people along the spectrum, but there has to be some kind of guideline in terms of, well, baseline, you need to be doing this or mm. your life, or you need to be eating these things or do you know what I mean? Like what is healthy yeah. to you? Well, I'm no like doctor or dietitian or I mean, I'm not even like a certified coach yet. You know, I just I'm just kind of a nerd of the sport and I geek out about this stuff. So that's like I don't want to like say what is healthy 
you know, or describe a prescription to that. But to me, for myself personally, uh, healthy to me is a uh, having joy in life. So finding joy, knowing love, those are like paramount. Having those two things is like your base, and then health from there builds, and it's like. Um, being able to just do the things that you want to do and not be like shackled down by it because of something. So not shackled down because you're out of breath from climbing stairs. Like I, my worst nightmare is like my kids wanting to like play with me or say, Hey dad, let's go ride bikes or let's go on a hike. And I'm going to say, Oh, I, I can't like that would break my heart, you know? So to me, health is just like not having limitations. And you know, some of that's out of our control. Like I might get in a car crash tomorrow. I may be paralyzed, you know, or whatever it may be. Um, but like as much as what's in your control, just like trying to stay in a place where you can be healthy in regards to being able to do what you want to do in life and not being held back by anything. So oh, I don't know. It's kind of a out there I, well, definition no, I mean, of health. Well, it's amazing because like, if I really think about it, your answer isn't really any different than a lot of the things that I'd find on YouTube. Mm -hmm. And I think that just speaks, not to say that that's not unique, <laughs> I think that speaks to the truth of it, right? It's yeah. control the things that are within your control. You know, find out what's holding you back and, and then tackle it. Like, focus on you first, yeah. then focus on the bigger goals, focus on the marathons, the bigger things. Um, and that's pretty much what I'd find online, right? Is yeah. like consistency and, and focus on things in your control. And the fact that I've got an elite Ironman athlete in my van and I'm recording a podcast with him and that's he's saying the exact same things that I'd find online. It really just speaks to how true those things are. Yeah, I mean, I think people tend to overcomplicate everything in life, um, but especially health. Um, I think a big reason of that is marketing. People want to make money, so they overcomplicate everything to make you seem like, oh, there's the silver bullet or there's this process you have to pay for to get. But it really it's just like um, sleep, eat well, you know, eat good foods, um, and be active and active doesn't mean you need to go run a four minute mile or bench press 250 pounds. Like I, I don't even think I could bench press a bar, you know, like, but to me, it's like, it's just movement and, you know, um, sleeping, eating right movement, and then having like love and joy in your life through relationships. And that's what really is going to be health. I love that. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Yeah. This is like, I don't know, it's, it's just a dream to meet someone who's actually done Kona. You know, like I remember watching documentary on Kona like four years ago thinking, damn, that looks so cool, yeah, you know. Man. And uh, yeah, congrats. Thank yeah. you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. I mean, I'm just a regular guy. And to be honest, like uh, anyone could do it, you know, that's that's the cool thing. And that's what I hope people like learn from my story is like, I couldn't do anything for five years, man. Like, it was It sucked. And now I, I was able to do the race of my dreams and, but it just took hard work and consistency like we talked about. And so you could do it like anyone can do it. I really believe that. And it's just being consistent and just like really believe in yourself. So, but thank you for having me. I, I'm stoked to just even see the van. This is awesome. I yeah, like, it's a little bit, a little bit odd, but it's, no, uh, I love it's it. my dream. You yeah. know, that's what I'm doing. I love it. Yeah. I love it. And I think it's awesome that you have this passion and you're doing this podcast. It's super rad. So I'm just grateful to be here. Thanks. Appreciate it. Yeah. See everyone.